Read the first Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. I want to minister on tonight. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? You know, when you look up the word cause, and it means this. Something that gives you reason to rise up and to do. Gives you reason to act. Reasons for grounds for doing something. Come on, someone, but let me, let me read that again. Cause means something that gives you a reason to rise up and to act out. Reasonable grounds for doing something. Amen. See, when you, when you look at the word cause, you got to understand that there is not a, is there not a cause. And when we get to read the book of 1 Samuel, amen, chapter 17, the Bible talks about David. And, and David says these words. He says it straight out. Is there not a cause? He's saying this because he's trying to get to the people and let them know there is a cause. Because sometimes you can forget that there is a cause while we do what we do. So I want you to read that with you real quick first. Samuel chapter 17, verse 29. David says, and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Mm -mm. Then he turned from him towards another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Father, we thank you tonight for your presence that's in this house. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're doing and searching our hearts and searching our minds. I pray that you would speak to us and give us a revelation of your word. Cause us to hear clearly, God. I pray that you would just touch me and anoint me, God, to speak your words and to be, Father God, transparent to your people, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. amen. I, I need you to know here that, that David, amen, is talking about a few things. And he's telling them, what have I done now? What's wrong? What's wrong with me that I, I, I'm a man of vision? I'm a man of purpose. I'm a man who has a reason to do things. He says, what now? What did I do now? Did I dream too big? Did I, did I, did I, did I cause you not to understand that, that there's a God that can do anything? Because at this point right here, what have taken place is the people of Israel were stuck. The Bible says, because uh, Goliath was coming and he was defiling the army of Israel. And so he begins to rise up and stir something inside of him. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel uh, chapter uh, 17 and verse 20, let's back up a little bit. In verse 26, sorry, verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood up by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Mm -mm. That he should defile the armies of the living God. And the people answered to him, This man is saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Elam, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men and was angry arose against David. Oh, I want to stop right there. Here's David, and David is, is a little bit speaking, okay, here's, uh, there's a cause here. The people are coming against Israel. They're coming against God's people, and they're saying all this junk. He says, what is the reward? What is the outcome for the man who destroys Goliath or takes care of God's people? And he finds out that, that he tells him he gives him anything that he asks and that he was going to give him his daughter and all this stuff. And, and he sees, he sees, amen, that there's a reward, amen, for the cause. 
The same thing here today. There's a reward for the vision. There's a reward, amen, for the purpose of the house of God. Amen. When we do what we need to do, amen, lives are changed. People are delivered. People are changed. People are set free. Minds are regrouping. Hearts are being restored. Why? Because there's a cause in the house of God. Amen. The cause, again, is it gives us reason to rise up. There's a reason why I rise up and I do what I do. Because I know, amen, that heaven and hell is real. Amen. So we have to understand the reasons for our grounds for doing something and doing what we need to do is because we don't want people to go to hell. I don't want my kids to go to hell. I don't want your kids to go to hell. I don't want your people that you know to go to hell. So we want to do the best that we can to reach out to them and to let them know, amen, there's a place that loves them. Come on, somebody. There's a place in Grand Terrace that loves them and cares about them, amen, that let them know that Jesus can change lives. So, number one, I need you to understand, first of all, you are called to rise up. You are called to rise up. You are called to rise up for a cause. How do I know that? Because why? The Bible says that you're anointed for a cause. Now, before we look at chapter 17, I want you to jump to verse chapter 16, a chapter right before that. Well, he's talking about, is there not a cause? God was anointing him for a cause. And the same way God will anoint you for a cause. And you don't understand that when God brought you here, or God brought you to salvation, to where you're at to receive Christ, he was anointing you for a purpose and a reason. For a cause. I'm going to say a cause. A reason why you rise up. Or maybe there's a cause in your life that don't cause you to rise up. And why you don't want to get up. Or maybe you don't want to stand and stand strong. And maybe you don't want to get up and do the will of God. Maybe there's a reason why. So what, what is your cause to keeping you down? So find your cause today. So we can come against the cause that's keeping you down. And let's get the cause that's keeping you going. How many are with me so far? Amen. So there's, there's, there's a few things that I want you to see today. For we can get this clear today. That number one, you're a call to rise up for a cause. Because what? Because you're anointed for a cause. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 1 says this. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? See, I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehem, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Wow. He is saying, among the sons that you have, there's a king. There's a king sitting among you. Oh, come on, somebody. There's a king sitting among the daughters. Come on, amen. Among the sons. There's a king here. Amen. God Bible says we're called to be kings and priests. You are kings and you're priests sitting in this house. You're a queen sitting in this house. And that's what God's calling you. And he's saying, I'm anointed you. He's telling the prophet, I need you to go to that house. Because I want to bring and rise up a king. And I'm filling my horns and I'm getting it ready. Because I need you to go and anoint yourself a man. Now listen to this very closely, church. Verse 2 says, and Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Now, he's telling him because Saul was, a, was, a, was an angry man. And Saul was a, a prophet man and, and he would get frustrated easily. And he says, if he finds out that God has moving on, he's going to kill me. And what happened is because the king did not listen to what God says. And sometimes we can be in a place with God and still not listen to what God's telling us to do. 
We can love God. We can be in line with God. But sometimes we cannot be listening to God. I've been in the place where I've, I've, God spoke to me. And I know God was speaking to me. And I did not listen to him. And it cost me. So I learned now. If God speaks to me. I don't care who I hurt or who I offend. I'd rather offend them than God. Because I paid a heavy price for it. I paid a heavy price when we were pastoring right there in, 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 in 11th Street. We were there in 11th Street and God told me, don't you allow her to preach. If you allow her to preach, I'm going to do this. And God was telling me and I was like, well, what can she do? She's an older lady. What can she do wrong? And she preached and the church went down to half the people. Went from almost 200 people, went down to about 80 people. And then the next week it went down to like 30 people. And God says, now will you listen to me? Six months went by, I felt a discipline of the Lord, and God spoke to me now. He goes, Now will you listen to me? The next day, I said, Yes, I repented, I broke down before God, and God just, with the next, with, like, within two weeks, everything went back to normal. Come on, somebody, amen. I'm telling you, you need to learn to listen to God. You need to learn to allow God to speak to you and let God use you, amen. Now, listen, all of a sudden, he, he, he does this. Look at verse 4. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elder of the town trembled at his coming and said, did you come peacefully? Because I'm telling you, when Samuel would come, he came with authority and he came with power and the people felt it. Amen. And verse 5 says, and he said, peacefully, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And then he concentrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. See, the picture you need to understand is that he invites these people to a a sacrifice unto the Lord also into something that he was going to begin to do something publicly see I'm telling you that God has calling you and inviting you to do something great and something mighty it's up to you to take that invitation see God wants to anoint you but how can he anoint you if you're not there oh you don't hear me though how can you get what belongs to you if you're missing your appointment if you miss your appointment with God don't get mad at God. Oh, hear me though. Come on, somebody. Amen. Don't, don't, don't get quiet on me now, Baptist Church. Come on, somebody. You got to understand, sometimes we cannot blame God for what things that we do. Amen. And so all of a sudden, here is a young man who is out in the field. And here his father, amen, uh, begins to bring all his sons. And he brings all his sons, but he does not bring Jesse. And the Bible says in verse 6, So it was when he came that he looked at Elb and he said, Surely the Lord anointed him to be. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at the appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. He, he, he was telling him, this is not the one that I'm going to anoint. He's not the one. Get your eyes off of the flesh. You know, sometimes you think that you, God will never use you or something. You feel like you're not adequate for it. Anybody ever felt that? I know I did because I'm telling you, I was the last one that I thought that I'll be preaching. I was the last one that, that, you, that you could ever picture preaching. I had issues, I had a lot of problems, I had a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. I was the last one that I thought that pastor would use me to preach or even pastor. That's the last thing I thought. I, I felt like I was the, the, the litter of everything, the, the short stick of everything. Everybody else was, everybody else was being used, everybody else was being, doing things. I wasn't, I was in the side all the time. People think that I was, no, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't ever pick up the offering at my pastor's church. I never, I, I never, I never did, I never did the announcements. I never, I never did none of that stuff. I was just carrying his bag, just there with him. Got him his coffee, took care of him. I was right there with him all the time, right there in the side, kicking back, watching. Just didn't do, too, didn't do too much. 
When he wanted me to preach, I would preach it. When he didn't want me to preach, I didn't preach it. I'll preach it one month and amen, and next year don't preach it. <laughs> then two years later, I'll preach again, and maybe once in a while. I, I wasn't the one who was always, no, there was all these other guys who were up there and they spoke better than me, they talked better than me, they, 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 you know, they got scriptures and they knew, I didn't know nothing. Like, I couldn't read or write, so my pastor told me, I don't want to humiliate you, so don't read because I don't know you can't read. He said, you know, we both can't read. I go, no, we both can't read, praise the Lord. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh man, he, no, no, I didn't care. I was like, praise God. But all of a sudden, he tells me that I'm going to go pastor. I'm going to go pastor. You know, you don't catch this. You know, I was the last one expected to go out and pastor. Well, everybody else seen that I was going to become something. I never thought I would become anything. So some of you guys don't really know my history. When I grew up, I living in church, cleaning the church by myself. Nobody was there. I did all myself. Everybody would go home and enjoy their family. I would stay home by myself, clean the church left and right for years. I'm telling you, I put in so much work for the Lord. Sometimes I look back today, so I sat back today and said, my God, you've been good, God. You've been good. Come on, somebody. God has been good. And all I can think about when I was sitting here today is there is a cause. There's a reason. There's a purpose. When I was sitting here and I felt like I was the last one to ever be used that God showed me too. That's why the ones that are in this house, God said there's a reason for their life. There's a purpose for their life. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's a purpose for their life. And so all of a sudden, he's looking, amen, to anoint somebody, and it's not what they look like. But he says, I'm more concerned about the heart. So when I heard that, uh, that, that saying when I was in the church, or when I heard that saying when I first got saved, that, that you know, uh, um, the God, you know, when people say, well, you can't, you, you, you know, only God knows my heart. Never heard that saying? Wondering, well, only God knows my heart. Well, then I got scared because then God knew all the junk that's in there. People, people were saying it all. People were saying like, really, like, really, like, yeah. Well, only God knows my heart. Like, like a defensive motive. I was like, and I got scared. I'm like, well, did he? Do, oh my God! And it was, for me, it wasn't a good thing. It was a bad thing. I don't know about maybe your heart's perfect, but not mine. I don't know about you, but but then I'm like, my God! If he knows my heart, then he knows my. I have issues. He knows how my heart's divided. He knows how my heart is pulled one way and then another way. He knows soon way I get off parole, I'm gonna leave. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I was committed two years to a program and if I didn't get those do those two years I would do 16 years so two years is better than 16 you do your math so he knew that about my heart he knew that I had all this stuff inside there all this junk and this anger frustration and, and neglect and hurt and pain and I'm like then he knew I had a little bit of like in there a little bit of love and but then all of a sudden when, I, when the Lord touched me I'll never forget it the Lord touched me when I was in service I'll say about six months Amen. And I'm still being as mean as a wet cat you can. And all of a sudden, church, I felt God touch me. Boom. And, and it broke me down. That first time I ever spoke in tongues. And I've been speaking in tongues ever since then. And I felt the Holy Ghost hit me. And then from there, my life changed. I was just like, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Come on. So whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And so I, I, I can see King David here. I, I, can see, I can see here that was taking place because Jesse's bringing him the best sons. But he left David. In the corner. David, the young, crazy son in the corner. And all of a sudden, church, I need you to see this because this is what hit me right here. He says, and all of a sudden, verse 12, uh, he says, so he went and brought, excuse me, verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And he is the keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we are not sitting. Mm, mm, mm. 
In other words, we're not going to leave. We're not going to turn away. We're not going to go nowhere until he comes here. I'm telling you, how long are you going to let God wait for you to get what belongs to you? Because God is waiting. God said, I'm not leaving until I anoint you. I'm not leaving until I anoint you for a cause and for a purpose. I'm not going to leave. You're not going to leave this place without knowing that you have a purpose for your life. There's a reason why, amen, God is stirring you up sometimes. There's a reason why you see something and you want to do it. Because he's trying to awaken the cause in you. There's a cause, church. All of a sudden, the Bible says, then Samuel, excuse me, so he sent and brought him. He was ruly and bright eyes, good looking. Hello, somebody. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. See, I'm telling you, God anoints you for a cause. David was anointed for a cause. He was anointed for the cause to get Israel out from being stuck. He was anointed to become king. He was anointed to reign, but he was anointed for a cause. See, before you even get to where you belong, you're going to start moving and start doing causes. Let me say it like this. God's going to use you to start fulfilling purposes. Come on, somebody. Before you hit where you belong, you are going to cause movements if you let God use you. If you allow God to use you and allow God to anoint you. See, see the word anointing simply means the ability to get the job done. The anointing is the presence of God. The anointing of God on your life. Amen. The anointing comes with that price. The anointing comes with the pressure. The anointing comes with a lot of different things. But God said, I've anointed you. Amen. For such a time as this. And so he's saying that I've anointed David. I'm anointing him. Amen. For the reason to get the job done. He's going to have the ability, listen to me, to go and take Israel out of being stuck. So he's going to take them out of killing the giant. He's going to take them to conquering the Philistines. He's going to take them to all these different places until he falls into his destiny. But unless you fight your first fight, church, you're never going to see where you belong. Mm -hmm. Some of us, we, we, we want to, I'm going to, man, I went to my third point. I want to, I, want to, I need to slow down a little bit. I'm getting overexcited here. You might not be excited, but I'm excited. See, God wants to anoint you for a reason. You're anointed for a cause. And you need to know that God wants to anoint you so you can get the job done. It's funny because some of you are the only one that can do your job. You know that? If he's called to be a car salesman and he's called to be a preacher and he says, no, I'm not going to be a preacher. I'm going to be a car salesman. When he dies before God, he's going to be judged as a pastor, not as a car salesman. See, if you run from your call, you're going to be judged for your call. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Some people are not doing what they should be doing. You need to fall back in your cause. Come on, so you need to fall back in your cause. I got four of you guys. The rest of you guys will get it later. Let it set in. Amen. Here's David. God anointed him for a cause. Everybody with me so far? He's anointed for a cause. You're anointed for a cause. Amen. We taught this number of the sermons because they're not a cause. Yes. We need to rise up for it. Number one, because why? Because he anointed you for it. Number two, you have to learn to speak of the cause. Learn to speak of the cause. Amen. Look, look at verse 17, chapter 17, really quick. Go to chapter 17. Chapter 17, verse 26. We read that in the beginning. Then David spoke to the men who took of him, saying, 
What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? There, he goes, I'm speaking of the cause. The cause is, we got this guy, this Goliath, this evil man, this evil people who are speaking badly about Israel. They're defiling them. Like now, we have a Goliath right now that are just talking bad about Christians. Oh, who are these Christians who, who they think that they can make the laws? Or who are these Christians? They're coming so bad against the Christian church. You have all these different Goliaths that are rising up and everybody don't want to say, the church has not said nothing. But the, the, you got Goliaths that are talking bad about churches. That, oh, they're a bunch of egoistic judging people. and All they do is, and everybody's talking negative about us. But if we say one thing about them, we're bad. Oh, you don't hear me though. You, you, don't, you don't hear me though. If, 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 if LGBT or TBGA or whatever you want to call it says anything bad about us, we can't say nothing about them because why? Because we're racist. Muslims can talk about the city, talk about our nation, talk about Christians, but if we say something, we're racist. Everybody catch what I'm saying or right? There's Goliaths out there right now talking madness. And the church is like this. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I don't even know how to do it. I, don't, I never worry like that. So I don't know how to do it. Uh, I worry through prayer. If I'm going to gossip, I gossip through prayer. You guys want to gossip, gossip and pray. You want to worry, worry and prayer. Just pray and talk to him. Talk to him. Everybody else, talk to him. I don't know that came out for free. And, and, and so, so, so I, 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 you have all these lions that need to be knocked down. Amen. They really need to be knocked out. Now, I'm not saying, go, don't, don't, don't get it wrong. Oh, he's telling God, no, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the spirit, amen. Don't take it wrong. Oh, he said, go knock him out. Let's go do it. Let's go. No, I'm not talking about go bashing him like that. I'm not talking about Those that are hearing the sermon, I did not say that. I'm saying there's, there's, there's a, these giants that are rising up. And people say, well, you don't understand. You don't understand. I have a sister who was homosexual. I got cousins, nicks, uncles. I, I got them all in my family. Everything. Everything I grew up with them, amen. And I, I, my sister, before she passed away, she was in her deathbed. She was, she, she was, she got three kids and the biggest dude you ever seen. And I told her, if you're gonna die, you're gonna go to hell. You need to give your life to Jesus because your life living is not wrong. You know what she did? She goes, Babe, bro, leave me to the Lord. Come on, somebody. She gave her life to the Lord. Matter of fact, I'm, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. Hold on. She died first. It was dead on the phone. And I told her, get up in the name of Jesus. And she woke back up. Then I sent Victor to go lead her to the Lord. She led her to the Lord. I talked to her on the phone. And after I talked to her on the phone, a couple of days later, she passed away. But she had the Lord in her heart. Amen. Come on, somebody. That, that, that's, I'm, I'm telling you, so much stuff has happened. But we need to be people that understand. We need to learn to speak for the cause. That I love Jesus. I love Jesus and Jesus loves you. Come on, somebody. There has, you have to have a cause. What is, what, have you ever figured out a cause? Is there a cause that you believe in enough? Amen. Jesus is enough for me to believe in. That he changed my life, delivered me, took me out of a Mary Clay, took you guys out of Mary Clay, took you some out of darknesses, took me out of darkness. How far do you got to go down for you to find a cause? And when I look back at my life, I, I thank God how far he brought me out of church. I'm, I'm, I'm a grateful man today at how, how much junk he brought me out of, 
how much darkness you brought me out of, how much sickness you brought me out of, how much disaster, how much, how much lie, how much perversion, how much junk he took me out. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. Why? Because, because sometimes you can forget and you can get so religious that you think you never did nothing wrong. Come on, somebody. Amen. Ooh, oh, it feels good. The new church feels good. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to learn to speak of the cause. That's why there's, there's a cause here. That's why I'm telling you, amen, there's a cause. There's a cause. Why? This is why we pick up tithes and offerings. Because there's a cause for the house of God is for God. And if you see, we've been doing so much stuff. And we got, since we got here, even the Korean church that sold us the building there said, man, we should have just fixed it. They were like, oh, we should have just painted. We should have just fixed the stuff. They're, they're tripping out. They even wanted to buy it back. Raymond, right or wrong? He was right there next to me. He was, well, will you sell the church back to me? I said, yeah. I had a couple million too, and I'll sell it back to you. And he was like, oh, 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 oh. What am I telling you? I'm telling you, there's a cause in this house. There's a purpose in this house. There's a vision in this house. That's why we do what we do. That's why we do what we want. Just, if there was no vision and there was no cause, we wouldn't be doing nothing. We would just come to church, just praise the Lord. Amen. Pay your tithes and offering if you want to. You don't have to. You know, it's okay. No, you have to. To be blessed, for you to be blessed. I'm, I'm cool, just for you. If you don't want your blessing, I'll take your blessing. Hallelujah. Speak of the cause. Don't be afraid to speak of your cause. It's like this. Let me they put it like this. How many, how many, how many had your baby? Had a baby? Had a baby? Anybody had a baby? I know guys, you didn't have a baby. The wife had a baby. The women, you had the baby. And when you had that baby, it's funny. I, I read this the other day and I was laughing. You had the baby. You had that baby. And, and that baby, you had it for nine months. You went through the changes in your body. You were throwing up. You were mad. You were frustrated. You got the appetites. You stretched out. Hello, somebody. You, you, you went through all these. You pulled your hair out. You got mad. And the baby comes looking out like him. <laughs> What's up with that? Every time the child comes out looking like your husband is because you were mad at him when you were pregnant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the reality is when you have that baby, man, you, you, you taking pictures of it. You're hugging it. You're loving it. Man, I had it. You were telling it. You're telling it off. You're, you, you, that, that's that's going to be the next couple years. You're going to dedicate your life to that baby to protect it. I mean, for the rest of your life, you will, but there's a more of a safety when it's born. And you're doing more that you can to do it. And you're trying to do all you can to protect it. And you are the mother hen that, my God, don't get you mad. because. <laughs> and that's, you're just, that's your life. You're protecting the baby. And you should. Amen. And then all of a sudden, it's the same way with the cause. When you have a cause. And you love that cause. And you're dedicated. You, you, you're like... <sighs> my cause but yeah God changed my life and I have a purpose now amen I'm not the same man not the same woman and don't you dare tell me I'm evil <sighs> I say that because one day my sister said I was the devil when I grabbed her by the neck I said no I'm not you catch that one later on I just got saved I just got saved. I was only saved like a couple weeks and she said you're nothing but the devil and I was like no I'm not and so I, I tried to choke her to make her, make her know that I wasn't <laughs> But we have to learn, church, <laughs> to speak the cause in our house. First of all, in our house. 
beat the cars in our house, church. You know, we're going to church and, 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 and we're going to go to church. We're going to go to church. And, you know, we got, we got to do the will of God. Work out. When your kids learn to do that, your kids will learn to grow in the things of God. Healthy. Healthy. Amen. You know, they learn to grow healthy. And then when they get older, because I'm telling you, we think that our kids, our kids don't learn nothing when they're kids. Well, they're small. I'm they, they learn. I, I can remember stuff when I was four or five years old. Six, seven. How many remember six, seven? Years? I remember stuff. I didn't remember detailed stuff. And, and that's something I don't want to even remember, but it's too late. So our kids are growing up seeing stuff. And let's make sure we give them healthy stuff to see. So here we are. You're anointed for a cause. Speak the cause in your house and speak the cause to others. The Bible says that David turned and spoke to the men and told him the cause. Now, this is what I need you to catch. And this is the one that I want to be closing with tonight. You're going to have to learn to fight against cause killers. Cause killers. Cause killers are all around. Cause killers come from within and cause killers come from without. I'm going to show you really quick. The Bible says that when he was saying all that he was saying and speaking what he was seeking, David, the Bible says in verse 28, his brother, the older brother, heard what he spoke to the men and he anger arose against him. He got mad at his brother for speaking cause. For speaking change. For speaking a purpose. He got mad at him. Imagine your own brother getting mad at you for having a reason why not to go back to the old ways. Doing your old life. Or having a purpose in your heart. And his brother was a, a cause killer. Sometimes cause killers are close to you. And sometimes they'll kill your cause. They'll kill your purpose. Amen. I never forget there was, a, there was this, this, this couple that was in the churches. I wasn't in past. This was maybe like about 18 years ago, if not, if not less or longer. And there was, this, there was this couple, and, and the wife would somehow raise her hands, something like this. I don't know how she would raise them, but some, some, some way. And her husband next to her told her, Man, you look weird doing that. And she never once raised her hand again. Never once raised her hand again because he killed her cause of worship. And when you make fun of people worshiping or seeking the Lord, you can kill a cause in them. You don't know why they're worshiping. They're probably worshiping because something bad happened. Something took, a tremendous hit took on them. And they need to get their worship on. And that's the best way they can celebrate. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, it's different if they start stripping down. That's different. You know, you know they come in and cause chaos. That's different. But if they're worshiping and getting their worship on in their own spot, then it's different. Amen. And so there's, you got to watch out because sometimes a cause killer can go be, be close to you and kill your cause. Again, for you can understand what causes something that gives you the reason to rise up and to act out. A reasonable ground for doing something about it. Mm, mm, mm. A purpose, a vision in the house. Church. You have to watch out for cause killers. Here, here was one from within. Now, let me show you one from without, okay? Jump really quick to verse 31. Let's read 29. He, and 29, here's David. He's saying this. He says, and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from the towards another and said the same thing to the people and answered him. The first one did. Now, when the word which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Mm -mm. Then David said to Saul, Let not your heart fail because of him. 
your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He's telling him, I'm anointed for this. I'm speaking it. I'm going to go and do this. Come on, somebody. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine. Wow. To fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. He tells us, you can't do this. Now, you got to understand, it wasn't just anybody from without. It was a king, a man of authority, a man of power. And they told him, you can't do this. You're, in other words, tell him, you're nobody. You ain't got what it is. You ain't got what it got, cuz. Come on, somebody. You, you, ain't, you ain't got the goods. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to read. You don't know how to write. You don't know how to talk. You don't know how to dress. You don't, you don't, got, you don't got the look. You don't got what it takes. And sometimes people will tell you stuff like that. Let me tell you, if you stick to that, you'll never do what God called you to do. If I would have stuck to what people told me, I think I would have never been a pastor. I never forget when I, when I, when I, was, I, was, I, was, I was coming up to things of God and learning. Uh, um, I, w- I would always, I'd always had jerseys on. Jerseys and, and always 501s and housewives, white shirts. And, and, and they always called me, the, they always, always, always called me the gangster preacher. And I'd be like, man, why is, you know, they always, it, it, that's all they knew. And, and they would tell me, you're not a pastor because that's not how the pastor dresses. I'm like, well, what does he dress like? <laughs> well, what does he look like? What does he talk like? I didn't know. And I, and I had a, literally, I, I literally had, had to try to recuperate myself. So try to get me into it. And then I found out, you know what, that's not working for me. And, and so a lot of people always did so much stuff and so much things growing up in the ministry that I had to learn not to listen to people because they're trying to kill my cause. Trying to kill the cause. Now listen carefully here. He says these words. Now David could have took him and said, man, this is the king. He's right. But David remembered one thing, church. He was anointed for the cause. Come on, somebody. He was anointed for the cause. Don't you forget that you're anointed for a cause. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. I don't care what you've been through. You are anointed for it. Amen. And he goes on and look at David. said, David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it. I struck it and delivered the lamb from its, from its mouth. Excuse me. And when I rose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. See, he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivers me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hands of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. Mm -mm. Come on, somebody. Amen. He was able, church, to fight against the cause killers. He was able to fight against the words that were trying to be spoken over his life. That, you know what, you can't do this. You can never preach. You can never be a good husband. You can never be a good wife. You can never be a leader. You can never be a man of God. You can never be a pastor. You can never do the will of God. You're you're, you're just just this and you're just that. And and you you don't know nothing. And, And let me tell you... He had a fight against all those things, church. And he had to remember what God has did for him. So he dug deep and he says, you know what, God? 
you delivered me out of all this madness. You took me out of all this craziness. You helped me fight against a lion. Amen. And a bear. I, 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 I rescued the, the sheep and I, and I destroyed them. They came against me. If I fought against those things that try to kill me then, then I'm going to fight against the lies that are trying to kill me now. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's lies that are trying to kill you. There's cause killers trying to kill your passion, your vision, your hunger. And if you let them, you are not going to see what you can do. You're not going to see how powerful you really are. If I would have listened to those people, I would have never been standing here with you today. If I would have listened to what people have told me over all the years, Edgy, you'll never be nothing. This is in the church. Edgy, you're too crazy. You know, you can't do that. You be a pastor, that's... That, uh, no, you're, you're, you're this and you're that. And you can't do it because why? Because you're this and you can't read and you can't write. And, you know, you can't do this. And I'm like, no, I can't, but God can. Come on, somebody, but God can. I tell people sometimes when you hear me preach, this is all you're hearing preach and just writing, writing, that's it. That's all I got little sticks on it. Before I used to write little sticks, man, on my Bible. I remember scriptures. Then I would write a rod or write a little weight or do like a little river that's what my sermons were because I couldn't read or write when I first got saved I couldn't understand the scriptures I couldn't understand nothing I, I'm telling you I couldn't read I couldn't speak I couldn't do nothing my wife would tell you when I met her we married we got together I was a very serious guy wasn't I sweetheart I never joked around you guys look at me joke around now because of the grace of God I'm telling you right now I never played I never joked I was always just always really serious this is me that feels weird sometimes but I was always really serious like you see my son all the time like that walking around like that that was me just not that skinny hello somebody but I was, I was always serious about everything and to God began to show me amen and you get some type of personality and I learned a joke and I learned to you know mess around then I, then, I, then I don't know how to come back to that no more <laughs> now I joke around too much you know but I'm telling you guys the reality is this the king seen that this guy was going to fulfill a cause. And the king looked at him and says, Man, you know what? No. Go, God's with you. Go ahead, Bowling. Go, 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 go. So I, I want you everybody to stand with me tonight, really quick, church. You need to know that God's with you. God's with you. He's with you, He's anointed you. Don't be afraid to speak it. Don't be afraid to fight against those that are trying to kill the very thing that's put inside you. Be a cause. Be the person you're called to be. Fall into your destiny, guys. Fall into your purpose. Support the vision behind you. Support the cause now. So you begin to see yourself progress to the other cause and another cause. And you see yourself being connected to the cause. Like David said, is there not a cause? There was one man standing and defiling Israel. And all Israel was sitting down and looking like and doing nothing about it. Israel. So 
says, is there not a cause? And I tell you today, people are going to hell right now. Is there not a cause? My family members are going to hell. Is there not a cause? Your family members are going to hell. Is there not a cause? Our children are growing up right now. Is there not a cause? Our city, where we're at right now, amen, we need to fortify our search. Is there not a cause? Don't we need to be strong at home so we can take everywhere else? Is there not a cause? Don't you want your house to be the best that it can be? Is there not a cause? Don't you want your relationship to be strong and the most healthiest it's ever been? Is that not a cause? Look right now, deep down inside you, find a cause worth fighting for. Find something worth fighting for. And let's fight for it together. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Find that cause. If it's not there already, find one. If you have one, let's do it together, church. You hear tonight, you're saying, Pastor, I, I got a cause. I want to be part of the cause. I want to be part of the vision, part of the purpose. I want to fulfill my cause. But I want to support also the cause of the house of God. If that's you today, I want you to come. I want you to come now. Come now. Now Now's your time. Now's your time to say, I'm anointed for it. I'm speaking for it. And I'm fighting against the lies. I'm fighting against the cause killers. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we need you. Father, we need your touch. We need your strength, oh God. Father, we love you. We love you tonight, God. Lord, we're a church with a cause. We are believers with a cause. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Our sons are worth it. Our daughters are worth it. Our families are worth it. The lost are worth it. The backsliders are worth it. Our cities are worth it. I rise and I stand. And I fight against the lies. I fight against all accusations. And I want to be an individual that fulfills the cause in my life. Come on, just begin to get a hold of God. Just begin to get a hold of God tonight, church. Come on, just begin to seek the things of God. Hallelujah.